Hi, everyone. We couldn't begin our show today without first acknowledging not only what's been going on in our world today, but what's been going on for an incredibly long time. Racism has no place in our society, and it's long overdue that we all stand up together and are actively anti-racist. As two white males, we cannot begin to understand what those in the BIPOC community go through. But we promise to continue to educate ourselves and others to ensure inclusivity and diversity are present during our podcast, as we refuse to sit back and remain complacent as racism runs free. We belong to an incredibly diverse community of both players and creators, and our goal is to make content that is entertaining for all. Hello, hello, David. How are you, my friend? I'm well. Thanks for asking. I, I've been uh, following along on your uh, your adventure of making the perfect patio. Yes, because summer vacation has pretty much been canceled due to Corona. You can just say it. Cancel culture. <laughs> Cancel culture got rid of summer as well. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, everything's uh, been canceled or delayed this year. So why not just cancel or delay summer? So I spent the last, I, I guess, like two weeks making my our, our like back our patio balcony. That's what it is, a balcony into a little backyard on the 11th floor. It's kind of nice, except, you know, those. So we, we, we have herbs or herbs, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. You have a bunch Grown, of guys named Herb? Yeah. Um, and we so we have stevia growing because why not? I figured, like, let's try it out. And those goddamn birds are eating it. So I have to do something to try and fight them off. Literally, I can like hear them in the morning and even in the evening, like chirping out there. And I know what they're doing. <laughs> I hate them so much. But other than that, you know, it's nice, relaxing. We got some string lights up, some nice like LED bulbs from good old Costco. And uh, I, mean, yeah, I still like, don't have a membership, but uh, I hear it's great. Yeah, we can we can always just like next time we hang out, we'll just take another trip to Costco and just walk around. Maybe by then they'll have samples. Um, <laughs> Eat your way through as usual. Pretty, pretty much. So, yeah, I have this nice little backyard now where I can just relax, play some Animal Crossing outside. And I think the plan is to have some like movie nights out there as well. Oh, nice. You're going to pull yeah. out that big screen and sit six inches away from it? <laughs> Pretty much. No, like we, I have a, a, a 10 inch Galaxy Tab A or whatever. So we can just set that up kind of on the table, or uh, we have like a little tiny uh, like step ladder that's like the perfect height for it to be on. Just get some blue, get a Bluetooth speaker or whatever, hook it up, just watch some movies out there. Something romantic like Mission Impossible. You know, you're or like. Whatnot. Two weeks away from buying like a 30 inch TV for your balcony. <laughs> well, see, the problem is, is that I don't I don't trust the weather enough for that. And the birds will probably shit on it, too. That's the thing. It's like so I have to well, cover you can the bring it in and out. Yeah, I know. I have to cover the barbecue every every day because the birds go inside the barbecue. Really? It's stupid. I was like, what? How is there bird shit on the grill? <laughs> it was closed and there's like a, a vent 
section, like at the very back of the lid. And I guess they crawl in there to pick at whatever's on the, like, you know, like little bits of food that are left on the grill and stuff like that. Yeah. So I had to wash the grill the other day because there's bird shit everywhere. I don't use that side to cook on. I I, I cook on the other side. What do you do with that side? Just keep things warm? Pretty much. It's kind of like used for, uh, so far, like we we got these like vegetable grilling pan things. So we just kind of like use it on that side or I have a, I forget what it's called. It's like one of those, um, uh, it's like a flat, like a flat top, like thing like that. Yeah. And it goes over and you can cook like eggs and bacon on it and, you know, like salmon, stuff like that. Fish. Instead of having it like directly on the grill, it's like a griddle. That's what it is. (laughs) A golden griddle. Yeah. But this one's gray. Or silver, silver griddle. So it's like kind of, it, it'll be okay. I haven't used it yet though. I've never gotten up early enough to actually cook breakfast on the barbecue. So I, I mean, unless you're camping, I just don't see that being an appeal, you know? Well, like, you know, if you, if it's hot out, right. And you don't want to turn the stove on in the house. And you then you save, just want to, you run out to the backyard, save some fire up the old barbecue. It's, yeah, well, the backyard's only three feet by 15, 20 feet, so it's not that far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a very long trip from point A to point B, no. but it's still still okay. I think yeah. you're doing okay. Yeah. For, you know still having, we have the nicest balcony on in the whole neighborhood. Until somebody complains. You're going to make something smoky, and it's going to look like your building's on fire, and you're done. Nah, we're not the only one with barbecue, so just done i just i, I just it. i just can't do any smoking of like you know i was looking at getting some uh apple wood chips and stuff like that to do some nice s- smoked apple wood apple wood smoked meats first off that would kill angela because she's allergic to apples and i would assume apple wood uh, i mean apple wood <laughs> is just a type of wood i don't think it's made of apple no it comes from the apple tree though yes but that's not an apple yeah, but I don't know if it would, if it, you know, anything in the tree would kill her. Okay, that's fair. You know, just, you gotta play it safe. You know who else is playing it safe? Sony. Sony? <laughs> I mean, is it them playing it safe following the the masses or were they just unprepared? Maybe a little bit of column A and uh, a little bit of column B. See, okay, so this is you telling me that theory is the first I have heard of it. Um, Maybe we should explain. Yeah. (laughs) So so uh, long story short, um, as you all know, there's been a lot going on in the world and society right now. And a lot of companies, including Sony, has decided to delay their shows this week in solidarity and response which i'm totally okay with i'm totally fine with however what or actually before i go any further with that i saw a post on twitter it's been since removed but somebody screenshotted it so it's fantastic somebody was like oh typical sony not ready for anything canceling because of um things going on in the world what a cop-out i'm going to microsoft 
and I'm going to go buy an Xbox. I'm not buying your piece of crap PS5. And Microsoft retweeted the whole thing saying we stand together. I thought that was really good. That was really powerful. But there is an online growing theory out there because Sony hasn't released another day. Like a lot of people just assume they would push it off until next week. Mm-hmm. Myself included. It was it was supposed to be on June 4th. And now we're sitting here looking at like, when's it possibly going to be? There's theories out there that it might happen after EA does their showcase or their digital showcase on the 12th, which could also be delayed. Who knows at this point, but the comment section got really fired up and I was interested to see a lot of people saying like Sony's delaying it because they either think they're not ready or there's other things that they can put into production to include into this show. And they're just using it to buy themselves a little bit of time. Um, Either way, I think great on Sony, um, especially if their their show wasn't done. But really great on Sony for for being a leader in uh, like our gaming community when we don't know what other companies would have done. Yeah. Like would have would Microsoft have delayed? Probably. Would Nintendo have delayed? Probably. But Sony actually delayed, and I've I have my the utmost respect for them in that decision. Yeah, especially because they've at least from our point of view uh, have been struggling over the last few months to kind of build up that hype for their, the PS five. So especially considering that they had to delay their presentation, right? That was that everyone was looking forward to. Um, So the fact that they delayed that um, and, and I'm sure that, it'll affect their bottom line a little bit as well. You know, like you always hear about announcements affecting stocks and, you know, trades within companies. It'd be interesting to see if that affected Sony at any point, because, you know, they have their investors that are looking to get, you know, they, they need these announcements to push the cost of their um, assets in the company up. Right. So it, it's, and the thing is that people need to realize that they're always at, companies are out to make money, right? So delaying a big, huge presentation like this is like like you had said, it's either because they weren't prepared and this is a good excuse to do it, or they are taking that step forward and kind of being a leader and and saying, okay, you know what, this isn't the time to do that. And that's what they really mean because uh, it wasn't until after Sony did it that a bunch of other companies started making uh, or putting out statements. Yeah, it's it's very true. And two of the biggest statements we actually saw this week were from Infinity Ward and EA. As uh, you know, David, and as most people do know, the, the naming algorithm is very, very tricky with Call of Duty, especially now that you can use the portal to move your game from console to console. The one thing I find interesting, uh, especially with uh, cross-platforming, is you're allowed to change your name so it's not your Xbox Gamer Tag or your PSN. Um, mine, as right. an example, yeah, because when we were playing the potato, when we were playing you start uh, off, Warzone the other day. Oh yeah, because you play with Taylor and I in other games, and you're like, who the hell are these people? Because it yeah, wasn't because um, I was like uh, when I joined your game, I was like, "Who are these people that I joined? Like, what the hell?" But it was yeah, because it's like Vice City Skate and uh, Spuds the Potato. 
um, yeah. opposed to our like regular gamer tags. Um, but Activision and Infinity Ward have had an algorithm for some time where it kind of knows how to weed out bad names. Like some you can get away with if you're putting words together that maybe don't belong together, but they can they work. I'm not advocating for doing it, trust me. Um, but I, I thought they already had a fairly good grasp on it and they now have put like a a zero tolerance. So it's right up there with cheating now. If they find any sort of like if there's complaints about racism um or discriminatory remarks, even if you're in like an open game chat it's over. Like I remember back in the day when we played Halo as a huge example, some of the things people would say to each other on Halo teams were oh, just yeah. bonkers. Yeah. It was You'd have like good. eight people randomly all in the same chat room, just yelling at each other. But and the now thing is, is, are people going to use it as a, um, like, are they going to, uh, shit, what's the word? Uh, abuse the, the system, right? So if, if you can report someone, Right. And Mm -hmm. if it's an automatic uh, suspension or ban based off of, uh, oh, you could say, oh, this person was making racist remarks to me, but really you were just pissed off that they kicked your ass in the game. Right. Is there going to be some sort of um, like review system? Right. Like, I don't think that if if they have it set up where if someone reports something for racism or anti-Semitic comments or whatever it may be that um, is added to their bannable offenses, um, what is stopping people from making false reports? Right. Uh, I know that like with Xbox, um, you can report players for various different things, but it requires a certain number of, user reports against you to have your say communications disabled or um, online play ban for a certain amount of time, or if eventually, you know, a permanent ban from Xbox live, but it's a, it's a process. It's not like a right away, like, Oh, you, we got a report and see ya, there's a door. Right. So it, it needs to be implemented in a, a way that can't easily be abused. Um, you know, like one easy thing to obviously like not have to worry about whether or not it's going to be abused is banning or preventing the use of certain words in usernames. That's easy. But when it comes to player communication, that's a little harder. So either are they going to start recording all communication voice chat? Um, there's gotta be text logs of anything. Like if there, if there is, um, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how, those that that works out because you can really screw someone over if that's the case like if you can just like if if i didn't like how you were playing a game you know you're on my team and we keep losing because of you well i i'm just going to report you for you know racist remarks and then okay see ya, you'll never play the game again well there, so. there's like a, a fairly solid appeal process i remember i got a three-day voice ban um I believe that for um, what was it? I think I was playing Rainbow Six with a bunch of random people. And we like myself and this other guy was going at it because like I was not playing well, which happens. And this guy for for (laughs) this. Yeah, Um, this guy made a rude comment. 
And I made a comment back. It wasn't racist. It wasn't anything like that. It was just very quick and being like a, like a your mom kind of joke, right? Yeah. At the time, didn't think anything of it. Um, get a message from Microsoft. I had a three-day chat ban. I could still play games, but I wasn't allowed to chat. I was like, uh, okay, so I messaged Microsoft, and I was like, like you can fill out a form for appeal. I don't know if you still can, but you could appeal it. And the exact complaint I received was vulgar language because I told the guy to go fuck himself. That was it. That was the quote. I remember this. Yeah. And like, I was so, I was so confused because the guy was spamming. uh, Like he ended up getting a ban too, according to the person I spoke with, but he was spamming my message box. Like, and it was just being like, like he was making some pretty obscene comments, not only about just like me. It was all, Oh, I remember why it's because I put a trap somewhere. He didn't want it. And that was like the end of him. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yo, you're fucking like, he called me the, like, I don't use the word anyways, but he used the R word. And then he called me a bunch of other stuff. And he ended up like, I never complained about him. I just kind of like rolled it off. And then I was the one who got a ban. So I was like, no, 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 no. This is what happened. And I had to send in like photos of my chat log and they were like, we are so sorry. And they unbanned me. And they actually gave me a little bit of a credit, which was nice too, because I was being abused. So um i i got back on it was uh new year's eve like two years ago i was at my uh, friend's place and we were just we were loaded right so the party was kind of dying down it was like 2 a.m or something like that uh two or three and um so we were just a few of us were just hanging out and my buddy and i were playing uh halo on on my friend's xbox live account and i in my drunken stupor was just repeating the Canadian national anthem <laughs> over and over again. And uh, then my one buddy took the headset and he like started talking and chatting with, with the people in the game. And then, and then you could hear, he was like, okay, I'm going to give you back to the singing guy. And everyone in the chat was like, no, no, please don't. Oh God. <laughs> so then after the game, um, I, I left the game and uh, we got a 24 hour ban from playing online because <laughs> I guess everyone, I guess everyone was, uh, reported. There was like four or five reports within like five minutes for like communication or something like that. So we got 24 hour ban. So that was the end of us playing uh, Xbox live that night. Oh man. Like I remember going back to some of the games we played like halo together when it was all of us from school and like all eight of us would jump online and, you'd have like the cross party. So like anytime somebody got close to you, you could chirp them. There were some awful people back then. Yeah. Um, the other company that um, like, I know infinity ward stepped up and I think they're doing a really good job personally. Like I've been playing um, Warzone for about a month now. And I, I know that's like really late to the, the party. Hey, I just but started I like the other day. Yeah, I don't recall a lot of uh, racist names or derogatory names. There are some that are like offensive, but like not like really offensive. Right. The game that has the biggest problem by far, and it's known far and wide. If you look into any corner of the Internet, 
it's EA and the NHL franchise, even more so like NBA 2K. Like, I don't know what it is about players at this game, but they have to make a point of being the most like bigoted, racist, just assholes. Like some of the names I have seen, like uh, I was playing one day on the bigger TV. I was like, oh, like Chris is reading. I can sit comfortably on the couch opposed to the office chair and my little monitor. And uh, like, she's just looking at the name. She's like, what are you playing right now? I was like, NHL. And she's like, with who? Do you know any of these people? I was like, no. She's like, good. And then she was like, actually offended by some of the names. And I've been following along with uh, another podcast. They're they're the Steve Dangle podcast. And they have some advocates on that. Um, Their show, both Steve Dangle, who's a team member of Sportsnet, and their producer, Jesse Blake have been very um, active in the community along with people like Nasher um, to try and help curb this because when they're doing broadcasts for Sportsnet, as an example, and like that's been one of Sportsnet's pieces of content right now on their like YouTube and stuff is they're trying to draw in traffic by streaming NHL games. Mm-hmm. But it's taking these guys... 30 minutes at a time to get a single game going because some idiot will come through with a terrible name. And it does. It's not necessarily just racist. It's sexist. It could be anything, but EA put out a statement pretty much echoing the same things infinity war did, but they're focusing a lot on f- like permabands, which is incredible to hear, especially about that community. Yeah. Um, I, I know there's a lot of, people who play those games and don't think anything of it. Like I was uh, messaging with a friend earlier and I was like, Hey, like, just so you know, like this kind of stuff is going to happen. If you have a, like a racist team name or something, or like you have a player on your team with a racist name, like their, their names will be erased or their stats will be scrubbed and you'll, you'll be banned. And then he gave me the list of the people on his team. And I don't think I can honestly offer you a clean name. Um, Dixie Normus is probably the cleanest one <laughs> on their team name. Yeah, one of the names on the team is Dixie Normus. That's a clean name. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's it's well, like Dixie Normus was made famous by Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's a funny innuendo name. It's not, it's not using the c word, the r word, the n word. They're not using words that like we can't physically say. You know. That's correct. So, uh, like when I look at what Infinity Ward is doing and EA is doing, I think they're going in the right direction. I also think EA has leaps and bounds to recover, and they should be. It should be very interesting to see what the fan base does, specifically for that game. I mean, FIFA probably has it just as bad. I just don't play FIFA, so I don't see it. What about Madden? Madden's fair. Like Madden uses your gamer tag. Oh, so it doesn't have you can't make specific. Okay, question. When did everything start using a separate username from your gamer tag? Uh, Well, in regards to NHL, I can answer that question based on. uh, Well, as long as I can remember, I always used to be Charlie Conway and I'd always put like my little 94 on my back. Um, I know you could make your character, your character name and stuff like that. Uh, for like uh, your in-game character, but 
I I always remember, and I still would think that it should be the same, that when you're playing online, it should be linked to your console gamer tag. And I, now I understand things like um, Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare with it being cross-platform. Um, it goes based off of your Activision name. But still, that should be linked to a, like a specific platform, like whatever platform you first signed on, right? Could yeah. be it or something. But you know, this could be a lot of these problems could be solved if they stopped making games where you can make you have to have another account. Like you shouldn't have to have an EA account with an, a separate username to play an EA game on an Xbox with your Xbox gamer tag. It's your be a pro player though. So like in any um, world of NHL or world of Chell, you're your own person. So you create your username and you go. And it's it's to avoid having the game continually like having like six nicks on the ice. Yeah, but like, okay, I get it. I like, get like it's supposed to be a personalized adventure. The problem is people will put whatever they want there because they think it's funny. Like you know, like yeah, like I another can't... like you know what I, I mean. Yeah, like the thing is, it's the funny thing is like Nintendo, some of their games have such a uh, a huge um, censorship on it just for certain words. Um, I forget what game it was that I was playing. Um, and I was trying to put like my typical username, you know, the last part, uh, GoBot. And I couldn't use it because it had the word bot in it. At, like, so, you know, and, and that's that that's understandable to an extent, right? Because they don't want the words like they don't want bots in their online games, but you know, not being able to put my typical username. That's like saying poop to dupe is potentially a, um, offensive name because someone might not like poop. Right. But well, didn't somebody report your username at some point too? I, I seem uh, to remember that. I might be wrong, but I feel like your the poopy doop got um, reported for something. I don't. I don't remember. Like, I, I thought that, that was, was one of the reasons I, you changed. No, no, no. I, I was just kind of tired of that one. But uh, well, yeah, either I way, know. I get it. Um, I, I think where I'll leave it because we have a lot to still cover is I'm impressed with where Infinity Ward and EA are taking things. Other companies are going to follow suit. Um, I'm sure Microsoft and Sony are going to... Like, from what I understand, Microsoft and Sony have some of the, the best algorithms for even usernames, but I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to see where things are going. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how um, just the online gaming community is affected and how things change in the next few months. Yeah, I get it. Speaking of the next few months or the next few days, um, Call of Duty Season 4 has also been delayed. Uh, same reasons. I meant to mention that above with the Infinity Award, um, which is really interesting because they were loading out for a fairly large event and there was going to be some map changes and stuff. Um, there's been a lot of leaks about audio files found and the dam's going to crack. I'm very excited to see what will happen. I know you just started the game. You leveled up pretty quick, but I think you also use your modern warfare leveling, right? 
Yeah, like I started at level 30 already. So I think uh, by the time we finished, I got, got gained like seven levels. And most of that was just me waiting to uh, be respawned. Oh, yeah, you spamming. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it, your team gets all the like you get points for placing and stuff, right? Yeah. And you played on a double XP weekend for all items. OK, uh, I was wondering I, what was going on. I'm interested to see what ha- what'll happen right now. Like I'm I want to say I'm 19 levels away from the full battle pass and I bought the battle pass two weeks late. So I'm interested to kind of see if they continue to let you earn on the battle pass until the next season starts or if they cut it off last night at midnight. Mm. I I was thinking of, of getting that, but I have to I I think I have to start playing it more to justify the cost. Well, myself and most of the guys like we play with usually the same four to six people. It just depends on who's online. Um, usually between like eight and 11, that's kind of our, our time. Now that the sun's up till nine, I don't jump on till nine typically. Um, but you're more than welcome to join us. We were looking for you last night. Hold you on. Said no. Hold up. Why can you not start playing video games until after the sun goes down? I'm a vampire. But you're awake right now. Vampire. No, um, I've just, I've always had this thing where, um, typically I would be out playing ultimate or spending time outside, but you're not still, now. Well, I'm not playing ultimate, but I'm still spending time outside. I rather enjoy being outside. And I think like, I've, I think this is just the way I was kind of brought up to through the summers when I was younger, we didn't really have a lot of video games until I was in high school. Like we had, we had the 64 and stuff, but the rules were always, um, you can only play video games in the day if it was raining. Which was like my parents' way of being like, no, you can spend your time outside. And like the world was very different when I was a kid. And you would just run down the street, go play in somebody's pool or play road hockey for hours and then go swimming. Didn't matter. You would just do that kind of thing. So I was always, even like when we had, um, like when we were going up to cottages and stuff, my parents would always be like, don't bring your video games. And I'd be like, but what if it rains? What if it rains? and it like barely ever rained but yeah that's the way i was kind of brought up so i just don't play video games through the day a lot like i've found myself a few times in the last little bit playing just to kill some time but i don't enjoy it like i'd rather be outside so there you go yeah fair enough something you learned yeah like growing up for us uh we couldn't play video games until our homework was done weekends you know a lot of times we just wake up really early yeah. and start playing like whoever woke up first got the system uh but then by the time like the early afternoon or yeah afternoon late morning early afternoon came around you know that's when the neighborhood kids were ooting the boot and we'd you know start doing stuff outside and whatnot but yeah, okay as soon as you saw one neighbor go outside you were like fuck yeah it's time let's go get the can get the can you ever play <laughs> kick the can no. Oh, kick the can is great. It's like tag or last man standing, but in order to win, you have to kick the can that is located centrally from where you're playing. We played a lot of like my neighborhood was a lot of hockey kids, so we played a ton of road hockey. Um 
we played Manhunt. We played yeah. a game called Domination. Have you ever yeah. played that? Yeah. It, it's uh, I kind of want to explain it because it's fun, but it's like you all stand in a circle and you draw a circle out. It's better on a beach, but you can play it with sidewalk chalk. Your neighbor's parents might get upset about it, though. And you all draw a big circle and then everybody gets a pie wedge. And then there's a dodgeball in the center of the circle. And the first person holding the stick says, I declare war on and you throw it to that wedge. And if it lands in the wedge, um, you, they like everybody runs away. And then once they touch their stick, they say, stop. And then if they hit somebody or you can throw it or bowl it, they can, if they hit somebody that they have contact with their wedge in, they can take parts of their land. But it's as long as you like, once you lift your hand, you're done. Yeah. Literally one of my favorite games growing up as a kid. Uh, did you ever um, play golf with your friends? I I did play golf with my friends. But are you talking about golf with your friends that just dropped on Xbox? Uh, I, I am, actually. Um, the first thing I can say about this game, in all honesty, is thank you, Xbox Game Pass. I mean, if I didn't have Game Pass, I probably wouldn't have discovered it. I saw a review, or I saw a snippet. It was like it was a top 10 game on the Switch store for like $24.99. So I immediately rolled into Game Pass to see if it was there. You and I laughed for an hour and a half straight playing. Man, I don't think I've had more fun, like like laughing fun. And that game is so fucking frustrating as well. But it's so fun (laughs) and such. And it's so much that like I was I was yelling because I was like, oh, just thinking about it makes me angry, but I want to play it. Uh, Angela came out of her room because she was studying. <laughs> She's like, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm playing mini golf." <laughs> that game is that game is a ton of fun, and I could see that being a lot of fun with you know people. Is it couch co op? Uh yeah, you can play online or locally. Oh man! So when we can actually you know get together and hang out in the same room, uh, we're gonna have to play that game. We'll play for shot. Four player couch co op. It's um yeah, the thing I find people hilariously online. frustrating about it. Have you ever played um what's the iPhone app? Golf with friends? Oh, golf battle. I've never this game that. this game tells you like the 18 hole course is a par 50. Good fucking luck. Do you know how hard I've been trying to get that achievement? And that's just whole or course one. There's like multiple the, courses the fourth, that you can play. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the best I've gotten on that is 61. I've I've played that course three times. I played the Aztec one once, and then I played the Abomination that was Worms with you. And like, oh, my God. So, so frustrating. I think um, there, there's got to be like some secret hidden way to bypass the majority of most of those. Those courses. Yeah. Right, because like the the so we we played the forest one first, which wasn't wasn't it wasn't grueling. It was it just wasn't challenging because we didn't it was know. Fun, right? But then we we're like, oh, there's the worms, uh, like I guess worms. Uh, Armageddon or yeah, well, that would have been weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, weapons of mass destruction. So there's the worms map, and we're like, oh, this is fun. It was it was brutal. There was, there was a few holes on there that we didn't even finish because yeah, we, you timed we, out. You either timed out 
or we went through too many shots. Now those things can be changed um, in the settings. I just left it at default, which I think uh, the default maximum time you have to finish the hole is like two and a half minutes or something like that. And something like 14 shots, which is perfectly fine. I thought, yeah, because like, especially if you're playing games with like more people, you don't want to be waiting, you know, 15, 20 minutes for someone who sucks to try and get the hole in the, or the ball in the hole cup. Whatever it is. I will say though, like specifically with the worms level, incredibly beautiful for a low budget game. Like everything was like perfectly 3d. There wasn't a lot of rendering issues. The thing I found the most frustrating, and I, I discovered this in the Aztec level as well, is you could just launch your ball off things. And if you shoot it too hard, you end up on like another hole. There's some that there's no direction whatsoever on what you're supposed to do. And you just get lucky. Like I remember playing a hole the other night. Actually, it was last night. Um, I just shot it randomly and somehow ended up in a position to get a birdie. And I didn't know how I did it because I could never replicate it. No idea. Um, but yeah, like it's it's a really inexpensive game. If you like mini golf and you just like playing goofy games, it's a very, very fun play, I would say. I would I would highly recommend. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I'd actually pay for it if it got removed from. And that's the thing. That's what I was just about to say. I, I would totally pay for that um, if it got removed eventually. I'm kind of contemplating buying it for the Switch so I can and, still support the game. Right, and that's what but, I was thinking too. Because the Switch is so much easier to, to bring around with you and play. And and even if you, uh, you know, if you bring your Switch with you, you know, you have two controllers. Yeah, what already, controls so. do you need? You need A, Y, and left and right. That was it. Yeah, so. Oh, and like, uh, I'll, I'll, I will strongly say that I will purchase this game. It will be a purchasable game for me. Well, Folks, you heard it here. John's going to buy a game that's not. Uh, uh, he's going to buy a sports game that isn't hockey or football. Oh, my God. Leave the Madden thing alone. I've been over this. And <laughs> you, you've, recu- you've recused me from that because I explained to you the last time I bought the game. And you're like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I'm still going to run with it. You know, what? Okay, just let it that's happen. That's fine. Um, do you know what game I wouldn't buy after playing it for a little over an hour? Well, it's just was, because you were confused. I think that had a lot to do with it. But as you guys know, I was challenged to play a game outside of my comfort zone. That was an indie. And I picked Munchin Qua- or Munchkin's Quacked Quest. Wow. Okay. So my initial thoughts were, like, I looked at the, the opening menu, and it doesn't give you a lot. There's an arcade machine that lets you do the settings. There's these two skeletons that show you what cards you've earned. Me going... Oh, Munchkin must be based off the card game. Okay. I've never played the card game, but you'd think a video game would be intuitive enough to teach you. There's a little robot that says turn bots on or off. I click it and nothing happens. There's two um, statues at the front. One that lets you change your wardrobe and your hat based on things you found or things you've sold. And then there's a timer in the top screen, which allows you to pick how long you spend in each mansion. So far, so good. I kind of figured that out based off of I was hitting the lever and there would only be six times given. So I jump on ready to play and get in. And I was like, okay, this game has is probably going to be like a 
a dungeon crawler, but it's going to be one player. It's going to be story driven. It'll be a lot of fun. It was not story driven. It was the first, the first time I played, I didn't have any bots with me or anything. So I just completed all the levels by myself and it was a tutorial, but it was really slow. You have unlimited lives. The only thing you lose is gold, but gold doesn't hurt you from like surviving or continuing on in the game. You can become a ghost and just run through walls, which is kind of cheating. And the whole idea of the game is to collect ducks faster than your opponents and then break down a door. Um, it, it was very Fusion Frenzy meets Mario Party-esque for me. But what I didn't find enjoyable is I didn't have anybody to play with. So I, I ended up playing with the bots and the bots do provide you a challenge, but every level is like two minutes long. It's just run through a maze, collect ducks, the most ducks win, and then you level up. There's no real story or substance behind it. You earn cards, but you have no idea what these cards mean if you've never played the game. You understand the basics of it's like a Dungeons and Dragons style of game where you can pick up a big hammer or a sword that deals more damage if you find one. But overall, like I thought it was a good looking game, but it just didn't hit the mark for something that I would want to like pick up and continue to play because there was no story. It just seemed like a very empty kind of like, oh, we have four people that can race to get ducks type of game. I don't know. I, d- I don't know if you've picked it up yet or you've tried it, but I, I actually haven't played it. So we we, sh- we should try and play it together to see if the experience changes for you a little bit. Uh, yeah, like it I, sounds like I, it's a, a game that needs to be played with other people, right? Yeah, like um, it's very chaotic. There's just so much going on and you really have no idea. Now, in my defense, I thought it was more of a dungeon crawler, you know, RPG Diablo style hack and slash type game. Yeah, the the other thing about the hack and slash style, while I'm just openly reviewing this game, <laughs> is I found the controllers to be very clunky and counterintuitive. Sometimes your axis would just go inverted by accident. Like I would be pushing up and my guy would just be going down. And then once I died, he would just go down when I pushed down, which made no sense whatsoever. Um, yeah. And like some of the boss battles are like, there's just so many flashes going on on the screen. You have no idea what's going on. It's very, it's very chaos. After I played for a bit, I watched some reviews and a lot of people who are big fans of the card game franchise said this game really hit missed the mark and it had a lot of areas where it could have improved. Which is unfortunate, but like I made sure I went into the game without any review whatsoever because I wanted to give it a 100% open look. And your thoughts? Well, I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> I'm just joking. You just spent the last like few minutes talking about it. Uh, no, we'll we'll have to give it a, a try together to see if you know maybe it is one of those games that needs to be played with other people, which is unfortunate yeah. if that's the case. Yeah, especially at the twenty four dollar price point. I thought I found the one thing with every review I saw after I played was people thought the game wasn't even remotely close to worth that. And I would agree because there's no real, like you can't go back and play any, like there's no mini games. It's just, you're dropped into a room in a mansion. So if your game is eight minutes long, that's all you get. You get eight minutes to go through as many rooms as possible. Um, Once you found the duck, you get to move on or collected all the ducks. You get to move on to the next one, but you complete or you compete with the computers or your friends 
-hmm. but it's just like you repeat rooms. Like I spent, I would say I played four or five games last night at different times too. Cause the first one I had no idea what time I picked. I was like, wow, I got to like level 20. That's fucking amazing. And then the next game I got to like room six. I was like, I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> but, right. Which is what made me even more frustrated. But when you're playing, you just, you have no kind of concept of what's going on and you see the same levels over and over and over again. Right. So you start, you start learning the pattern real quick. You're like, okay, so I can go down. I can push the crate. I can pick up the two ducks, then run across the ice, miss the spikes or get hit by the spikes and ghost through the wall. So I can get there faster. Like you're rewarded for dying because you can fall into a pit and then get through stuff. Some walls you can't pass through, but others you can. So like, I figured that out pretty quickly and I dropped down and I completed the entire second side by myself because nobody else died. Interesting. You know what? I just came up with a good idea. We should alternate by making like every 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 episode or whatever. We'll we'll pick a game for the other person to play, and then they can do a, a quick uh, impression or review of that. Oh, I don't have a game prepared for you right now. No, no, I like, so you could like just pick something and we'll post it on uh, post what we're playing on the the Instagrams and the Facebooks and all that stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I feel like that could be a, a viable option, you know, so that we can do our little reviews again. What do you yeah, think? And learn. Yeah, I, I like it. We can learn a lot about what's on Game Pass because I'm not getting PlayStation now. Why not? It's on sale again. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's on sale as of the days of play. It's actually cheaper than when it was a few months ago. Um, it's 56 bucks for the year. Ooh, do you want to go over days of play really quickly with our, our fellow friends? Sure, I'm disappointed with it overall. Yeah, most people are because it's also Sony. It's uh, well, <laughs> they not can't do that. There's no, there's no real hardware sales. I think that's that's what I was most excited for was uh, potentially getting another controller or, or uh, yeah, pretty much a controller. I ended up picking up the platinum wireless headphones because uh, I wanted a a good pair of wireless headphones. Um, that I can use while gaming and it was, it was on sale for a a decent price. Um, but other than that, like the games it's, it was, it's all the same games from last year, you know, God of war, Spider-Man, uh, they've added days, actually days gone was, was it the same price last year? I think it was 40 bucks last year as well. You said it was 1899, right? Well, you can buy it digitally on the PlayStation store for 1850 Canadian, uh, or 22 something for the, uh, deluxe edition, which, you know, okay. So for those prices, I'm not bad, right? Like I'd say 20 bucks is a sweet spot for that game. But if you were to buy it physical, it's still like 40 bucks. Um, yeah, there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, anything new all the uncharted games are on sale again like all the playstation hits are yeah. like 10 bucks which you know if you haven't played them by now then yeah sure it's a good price right it's horizon zero dawn game of the year edition probably the best value uh in in the whole 10 dollar thing but yeah just some of the games on there was eh meh I'll probably pick up the uh, so I, I I subscribe to a second year of PlayStation now, because um, for fifty six bucks that's a good really good price and f- 
so far I've got my worth out of it. Um, the selection of games that they have, they keep adding them. I think they just added Metro Exodus and something else that was significant. Um, and there's rumors though, that days gone, it's going to be going on to uh, PlayStation now f- for June. So Ooh. I'm kind of holding off buying it. Like I would pay 1854, but at the same time, I just, I might just wait for it to show up on PlayStation now. Cause probably eventually will. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much all I bought. I bought the PlayStation now. So I have that subscription for two years. Um, that should cover me into when, uh, the PS five comes out. So hopefully they might start loading some PS five games on there, uh, for whenever I do get my PS five eventually. Uh, uh I'd be interested to see how many of these games are backwards compatible and that's why they're selling them for nine ninety nine. US. Yeah, or, I, I would I would assume that most of them are or a lot of them are going to be backwards compatible. So and how bad is that exchange rate right now when it's, oh, it's, the games literally double in price? It's brutal. Like, I think the exchange rate is a dollar forty five or something like that. Canadian is a dollar US. Mm-hmm. Which is awful because I I recently backed a uh, Kickstarter and um, the exchange rate really screwed me over because I learned that um, the when when you charge your credit card on the the date that it's charged and pending isn't actually what you're going to be charged when it's posted to your account. Yeah, Apparently it goes based off of the exchange rate of like two or three days later, whenever the charge is posted to your account. So uh, the exchange rate changed by like five cents, which is significant, which is is significant when uh, you're talking about, you know, something that's like a hundred bucks, right? So, yeah, I learned that. And that's also why games are sucking right now, because it's like you look at some of the U.S. prices. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, $12 for this game. Sweet. And you go to the store and it loads up and it's like twenty two fifty. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the, I can't remember what game I did that for, but I was like super mad about the exchange. And then I switched my game store to Alberta and I solved my own problem, sort of. On what system? Switch. Oh, yeah, dude, I told you to do that forever ago. Yeah, no, I listened eventually. Yeah, and then you only pay the cheaper rent or cheaper rent, uh, cheaper tax. Um, one thing that I um, have figured out how to get get past the high price of entry, I'm going to be trading in my Xbox One X, or at least one of them. Yeah, because you have I'm, so many. I have two. I know, that's so many. Yeah, and... Uh, with with hopefully you know with what I can get for that I'm gonna be able to get a significant chunk off the Series X. I'm gonna pre-order a console. I haven't pre-ordered a console in a long time. Neither have I. We should do that together. Maybe we could. We could do that together. It could be like the next step in our relationship. Just multiple uh, consoles. Yeah. Um. <laughs> June games with gold are very lackluster and underwhelming. Yeah. I think they're taking a page out of Sony's uh, <laughs> book. <laughs> they're like, oh, we don't need to do anything this month. Shanty and the Pirates Curse, Coffee Talk, um, Sign now, Mora. Question. Have you played uh, Shantae and the Pirates Curse or any of the Shantae games? 
I have not. They are, um, if you can, you know, get past the cartoony, you know, very voluptuously drawn characters, uh, it is actually, the Shantae games are, they're a long, it's a long running series. I think it originated on the Game Boy or the Game Boy Color. Um, but they are considered, and honestly, I've played a bunch of, bunch of them, um, some of the best platformers, like 2D platformers, side-scrollers. Um, the controls are just like so tight and responsive, and the level design and the layout are, are really good. So that's not a bad game, but it's it's not a new game either. I think I have it on like four different consoles. Oh, well, then you Coffee can have Talk, it on the Coffee Talk, no clue what the hell that is. Um, let me take a look real quick. It sounds stupid. I don't even like coffee. Coffee Talk game. Oh, it's a anime kind of. Oh, visual novel. Coffee Talk is a oh, game about man. listening to people's problems and helping them by serving up a warm drink of ingredients you have in stock. Sounds stupid, but I guess twelve dollars on Steam. Destroy all humans for the original Xbox is what's worth it. Making that game backwards compatible is pretty fun, but it's also a pretty banged up game. Like I don't know how well it's gonna jump two generations. Well, the, it's funny that they are doing this because um, destroy all humans. I just saw something about it, didn't I? Two. Um, were redone or like was it the PlayStation it's being 2? Redone. Oh yeah, it's being redone, but the PlayStation 2 versions you can get on uh get on PS4 and I think I have them yeah. on PS4. And you know, like they they work well. Like it is a, you know, an old game, but um I think the game itself still stands up stands up to today's standards, but you just have to kind of go in with an open mind that it's a uh, original Xbox game. Um, I don't know. Like the new one, the, the, the re-release is being released July 28th. Timing seems a little off to me. Don't you think? Well, <laughs> well, no, I think it's fitting for the year 2020. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, All right. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. But yeah, games is gold, kind of bleh. But you know what? The thing that they're still giving out more games than Sony has been. Yeah, I feel I like mean, Sony could do like a two. They could do two AAA games and two indie games, or something, right? Like just to even it out. But maybe maybe once the PS5 launches, they'll have a PS5 game on there. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be The Last of Us 1. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, special, special day, guys. We're doing it. Last of Us 1. And then, like, they bow and go behind a curtain. (laughs) Um, June games look actually, like, I don't know. I like like brain farted there. Yeah. Uh, June games look pretty good this month. There are some titles here that, uh, are worth more than just a bargain bin or a pass for the first time in a while. Uh, Valerant just dropped. It is free, so you don't have to worry about the bargain bin or the pre-order of the pass. 
Coming up this week, we also have Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics, which I know you keep sending me trailers for, so I assume you're buying it. Yeah, yeah that game looks that looks sweet. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to play backgammon on your porch? I know, right? That's there why it is. I get it. No, That's why th- you need it. Cl- th- those games are surprisingly good. The the first Clubhouse 51 or Clubhouse games was on uh, the DS. And I had that. And, you know, you just spend hours playing it. And the fact that this is now online and you can just play all these games online with people if you want or play them, you know, on your TV here with with uh, people on your couch. You know, it, it seems like an excellent deal. You know, those it's like those knockoff, you know, Nintendo um, NES cartridges and Super Nintendo cartridges that are like 250 games in one. Or from like a, a weird, you know, Chinese market booth at the back or of the R. mall. Kelly. Yeah, R. R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going yeah. to get that. Like, I'm going to try it eventually, but I don't think I'm going to rush out to buy it. I, I hope that they release like some sort of demo, you know, so you can, you know, try out a few of the games or even if it's a time demo, but eh. I just I can't imagine this one's going to stay at full price for long. Yeah, probably not. I, I, I probably won't buy it like at launch uh, just because I have a ton of other games that I'm playing and why not? Uh, but yeah, I, I will eventually get it. Uh, one of the games that is near and dear to my childhood, Command and Conquer Remastered, the collection is coming out. Uh, for Windows, I think it's out uh, now. It comes out tomorrow, so June fifth. Yeah, it's release. I'm gonna buy that. Yeah, uh, me too. I don't even think I'm gonna hesitate on it. It's like twenty six bucks Canadian, right? On Steam? Yeah, I think so. Not bad. Um, yeah, that's that's a buy for me. A definite buy for me. Uh, <laughs> the, the, our podcast's favorite game, The Outer Worlds for Nintendo Switch. No. Also dropped did you tomorrow. Watch that, did you watch that video I sent you? I didn't get a chance to. I spent way too much time in the so, line at so, Canadian Tire. So Digital Foundry did a um a review of it and not so much their their reviews aren't so much about how the game is, like, you know, whether or not the game is fun and stuff like that. They do more of a technical review. And if anyone Please, if anyone is thinking of buying Outer Worlds on Nintendo Switch, please don't. Uh, you will be severely disappointed. Um, disappointed like Witcher disappointed? It's worse than Witcher. That port, and that didn't port over well at all. It's worse than Witcher. You gotta... So it, look up the Digital Foundry Outer Worlds Switch review and you'll see. Uh, it, it's so hard to explain how bad the game looks in this sentence you got to watch it okay i will um yeah so that's a that's a big no for me doug um especially because i have it downloaded on my xbox uh samurai showdown and the samurai showdown neo geo collection both for windows are coming out on the 11th um burnout paradise remastered is coming out for the switch that one i'd be interested to see how it looks because the switch for lack of argument's sake, is missing a good racing game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mario Kart can only take you so far, but the Switch needs an actual racing game, a good one. And Burnout Paradise is one of the best. I'd say it's fun. 
a lot of people love just like the simplicity of the game. It's not necessarily like a need for speed, but it's definitely out there. My um, favorite. That, that one for me is Burnout a demo, game. I hope. Yeah, my favorite Burnout game, though, will always be uh, Burnout 3. Nice. I don't know why. It was just like one of those games that I, you know, have all of those childhood memories of playing that on the PS2 and just completely and utterly destroying every car that I've run into. It's just so much fun. That's why I think Paradise was also, wasn't it one of their first bigger open world games or their first open so. world? I think so. I think it was their first one. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't mind racing games, but I don't like the open world racing games. Like, just let me, you know, do the tracks. I don't have you have played... to like, drive to the next race. You've played um, Forza Horizons, right? Yes. yes like, yeah, that that one, I think, is the perfect combination of both. Because you're rewarded for pretty much everything you do. That's true. You yeah. Drive really, like it's it's a game where you don't feel like the task of getting across the map is monotonous because you have the ability to do so many things. You could fast travel the races if you want, but you could also collect a lot of things along the way. And and you're rewarded for exploring the map as well. Yeah, because you can find bar fi- barn finds and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up on the list, The Last of Us Part Two. Wow, that game's coming out. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if work is still slow for me, I might possibly just do my whole EB thing where I play it for seven days and then return it. Is that still a thing that they do? Yeah. Like as long as you have an Onyx card, you're fine. Uh, Okay. And like, this is the last year I'll probably have an Onyx card because after some of the stuff EA or EA EB man, EA AB, is there an EC that we don't know about that also (laughs) is just fucking around? (laughs) Maybe Um, EC is the uh, hidden love child between EA and EB. After the snafu with Animal Crossing and their employees, I have a very hard time giving them money. Um, I will be doing all of my gaming purchasing at um, companies like Microplay or Best Buy. And like they're like Microplay to me is a place where it's like a little bit more community and gamer driven, but they have new and used titles. And Best Buy, you know what you're getting. You don't need to talk to a human to walk in and pick up a, a game. You just buy it at the till. Yeah. EB just to me is like over the years, they've become a flatter company to begin with. It's no longer really personal. You walk in, nobody's like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? What's up? It's more like, Oh, Hey, what do you need? Do you want six pop Funkos in our warranty? Yeah. Do you want to buy a, a, a disc warranty on your new game for $3? (laughs) No. What's the warranty do? my My game goes into the system. And then if I'm not using it, it goes into the case. Yeah. Idiot. I'm not a child. And I don't um, have the children of... either. <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2, I'm definitely in between the wait for it to go on sale and buy. I think I can wait till November, but if I'm super bored, I might just do it. Um, I think I might just uh, wait for it to go on deep, deep discount. Because, come on, I by the, by then maybe I'll have beaten The Last of Us 1. Oh, yeah, you still haven't beaten it. No. I I mean, the big thing for me is if I'm bored, I'll play it. Um, The other title that really entices me this 
round, and it's a little bit more for nostalgic factor than anything else. June is just the the month of the remaster, the re-release. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Yes, please. Have you seen the footage from this game? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It looks incredible. I know. I can't wait to relive my childhood. And by childhood, I mean like 14-year-old. And the thing is that I I have never... I never played the original. Really? Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I'm in for a treat. <laughs> and normally I tell other people that they're in for a treat. But this time, it's my turn to be in for a treat. So can I ask you what entices you to and, it? But then? then again, I never... I don't know. It's, it's like... I, I like him playing these remasters, um, especially when like this looks like there's been a lot of effort put into it. Um, and I, I never watched SpongeBob religiously like other people, but it was a show that I would I would put on. Right. And I would, I would I'll still watch it if it's on. And I don't know, it just is one of those games that was always or that the, the show that was always just like so lighthearted the jokes were so good and um i don't know i i know that battle for bikini bottom was a very good game and popular so i don't know i'm I'm excited for this because i think when did battle for bikini bottom originally come out 2003 do we know that yeah it was 2003 2003 Uh, david that is when the game came out 2003 so you know back then i was in high school um you know money was spent more on you know i was buying more like rpgs and and stuff like that so i never really played the first one um and you know like that that was the time of you know in a kid's life where spongebob was maybe a little too childish especially when you're out at the mall hanging out with your f- guy friends, right? Like you're not going to be buying the SpongeBob game because, you know, you listen to, you know, my chemical Sim- romance and, and simple, simple plan and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> simple plan. Right. So it's like one of those games that I missed. Uh, and, and you know what? It just looks like it's fun. You know, there's too many games that are like dark or, you know, require, you know, a lot of strategy or whatever it may be, right? This just looks like it's going to be a game that, you know what? I'm just going, I want to play something that's fun. You know, it, yeah, this is like the equivalent of golf with friends. You know, that's what, if, if golf with friends was an adventure game that was funny, I feel like it would, could be SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. You're in for a really good And the movies are amazing. Have you seen the movies? Yeah. Have you ever been on the interactive ride at Wonderland? So the, the ride at Wonderland uh, yes. is a, you're, uh, you're trying result. to find the, well, yeah, you're trying to find, or uh, make the perfect Krabby Patty and you've got to find, uh, follow the pickle. And it's an inact- it's an interactive video ride. Um, the last game that I have here on our list is Blaster Master Zero and Blaster Master Zero 2 for the PS4. I don't know much about yes. it. I'm assuming you do. Uh, Blaster Master was a Blaster Master was like an NES game um, originally, and then they made Blaster Master Zero, which was a it was like a very early 
Nintendo Switch title. I like I I want to say it might have been within the launch window of the Switch because it was one of the first games that I know that I bought for the Switch. So it's not really like a new yeah. game, but I think it's just um, been limited to PlayStation or sorry to uh, Nintendo Switch. So being able to play it on the PlayStation, it's a fun game. Not as fun that's as SpongeBob. That's all I got. <laughs> um, so uh, I know people are dying to know uh, a lot of people's thoughts because it just kind of crept up up on us really quickly. But May 29th, uh, a rather large show dropped on Netflix and it's gotten a lot of um, lukewarm um, reviews. I know myself and you have watched different parts of the show, um, but we're only going to talk about episode one. And that's Space Force starring How Steve Carter episode one you've only seen episode one well yeah because i was waiting for the other half and then we started watching something else all right okay so i'm on like episode five i think so what i've heard and this is why i want to only keep it to the pilot or the first episode is the show crescendos around eight and the season's only 10 episodes long so you really get into it um my opinion of the show first and foremost is I feel it has the same kind of trajectory as parks and rec and the office did where the first season they spend so much time establishing that there's not a lot of other things going on. Like you're thrown curveballs in the first episode that make no sense. Um, you start off with him at a grad or he gets promoted and then his wife's there and his daughter's there. Then all of a sudden his wife's in jail and Fred Willard is his dad who does not look healthy at all. And unfortunately he just passed away um, sometime after recording the episode. Um, but they're not letting Steve Carell be Steve Carell. And I think it's limiting the show. I just felt like he was forcing a lot because that's the direction they gave him. I personally believe like he's a phenomenal actor. He's won multiple awards. Didn't he also win an Oscar for the Foxcatcher? Like the guy's been around and I just didn't think it was his best work. Like the Kokomo scene is hilarious as hell, but I didn't audibly laugh more than maybe twice. And one was in the very last scene. So it's, it's kind of hard to limit it based off just the first episode. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to touch on a few of the later ones because um, what you see in the first episode with with how Steve Carell's character is and some of the other plot points, they don't necessarily get explained or um, expanded on. So yes, like I feel like so far what I've seen um, he's Steve Carell seems to be um, like limited in his character or what he can do. Um, It is very, satire how is it it's satire based off yeah. based off of you know what you know donald trump said about creating a space force like you know um so it, it pokes fun at a lot of that politicalness um which i think if if it's it's trying to be serious in the sense that um they're actually trying to apparently or there was talks of making a space force. So it's like, okay, we're going to take the super serious idea that the United States military or the government's investing in, but it's also a joke. So they're trying to balance this fine line of 
having this be somewhat of a believable situation, but also being a complete joke. Um, and I would say that the episode that I just watched, it was episode four or five, I want to say, um, was probably the funniest episode that they had. But the thing is, is it shouldn't be the fourth or fifth episode that actually gets you laughing. I agree. Um, and I, I'm hoping that, you know, the later it, it kind of picks up. But it's not one of those shows that we're like, okay, we got to watch the next one. So uh, Angela and I have been watching during uh, quarantine. Uh, we've pretty much watched all of the current. Uh, we're on season five of Superstore. And I think we, we just started. So we're like five or six episodes in. Um, but Superstore is a show that made us want to watch the next episode. Like we were laughing at something every episode. Um, and I was hoping that space force would be like that where you're like, Oh yeah, let's watch the next one. Or like, Oh yeah. Like I, I really, you know, what are we going to watch today? Oh, let's watch like five episodes of this TV show. It's more of a, okay, what do you want to do? Well, you want to watch space force? Like we might as well finish it. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just hoping that the later episodes kind of pick up and there's more character development. Like it's slowly getting there, um, but I find that every episode so far has left more questions unanswered, uh, or like they'll touch on one thing, and it's this is what really gets me. And they did it in the first episode too, um, when when you see his wife in jail. Right, and then they just like they, abandon it. It was so that, weird. They do that so many times with different things. Like they'll be working on a plot point, and then next thing you know, it's something completely different, and they don't touch on that at all for the rest of the episode. So it's like I feel like Which they're trying. Frustrating. To, I feel like they're trying to fit too much into this one season because they don't know if they're going to get a second season. I, I think they will based off who's in the show. I think um, the cast will earn a second in their own right. Plus the numbers are going to be falsified based on well, not falsified, but intensified based on the fact that everybody's still, or there's a lot of people still in quarantine. There's a yeah. lot of people not doing anything. So going home and watching a new Netflix show is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like overall, I found it slightly cringeworthy. I found it to be kind of the way the American office started. They made Michael Scott to be such a horrible, like hateable character that they gave the studio a choice at the end of season one. They were like, look, you can either make him really good at his job or make him really, really lovable, but you you have to do something um, or you have to do something to ensure that he is a likable character because if he is not a likable character, why do we have him? You just have this cringeworthy boss that's like sexist and racist again, um, doing all these things in the office. And then they made Michael Scott what he was. They let Steve have a little bit more control and he became one of the most beloved characters on television by far. Yeah. I, I think, I think they need to let him kind of be the character more than they're letting him be. Right. Like he's he in in Space Force he is playing this general and, and that under understandably you know he, he is a military man, um in in this 
in the show, but he, um, he he's not Steve Carell in the show, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a he good is actor, talking like this, a robot. Yeah, a good actor, you can forget that they are the actor and that they are the and and know that they are that character, but a an you should be able to have that actor put their personality into the character to make that character unique and somehow connected back to the actor without being like, oh yeah, you know what? That's not General whatever. That's Steve Carell. No, it would be that is General so and so, and Steve Carell plays him. That is General Obi Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor is a fantastic example of that. Yes, right. Like any movie, like you're like, oh, that guy played Obi Wan, but that's not Obi Wan in this movie. Well, and that's the thing. Like Ewan McGregor is a is a prime example. Um, he can play so many different types of characters. Well, like look at train spotting, right? Yeah. Have you seen train spotting, right? Yes, sir. So have you seen the second one? No. Oh, the second one's great too. But so train spotting, uh, I would say the second one is probably a, a better example. And there was another one that he did son of a gun. I think it's called, um, where it's you McGregor. He's a great actor, but he has these characters and he plays each character so differently, but it is still him playing it. Like, you know that he's the actor behind it. And it like, this might be confusing trying to understand what I'm trying to get at, but you can tell that he is putting his spin on the character. Yeah. No, no, I have no problem with what you're saying whatsoever. You can tell that like with, um, with playing Obi-Wan Kenobi, for example, he had to fill the boots of Sir Alex Guinness, right? Uh, which was at the time a very you know prominent actor and very well known. Um, so he had to take that character that was already created uh, by another actor and manipulate it and work it into his own way of being able to be that character. And he did a great job of it. And that's what you know Steve Carell has done with Michael Scott, right? Like you know that that's Steve Carell who is the actor playing Michael Scott. But if you ask anyone, that's just Michael Scott. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like he did it as well. Like Steve, if we're talking just Steve Carell, like uh, little miss sunshine, he was brilliant in Fox Hetchery was brilliant in, um, even anchorman. Yeah. Oh my God. And, right? um, Evan almighty, like he took a basic, like throwaway character in the original Bruce almighty. And he got a spinoff because he was so good. Do you remember that? Was that one of his like uh, Bruce Almighty was like one of his first f- movies, right? Yeah. Like big movies. Yeah. Um, so the two big ones you missed with you and McGregor that show his range and the fact that, you know, he's um, you and McGregor and not anybody else is he was in Moulin Rouge and he sang his ass off. Oh yeah. And that... he, he was in the live action beauty and the beast as Lumiere. Oh, right. Yeah. He's the, yeah. He's the candelabra. About beauty and the beast because really he's, He's physically in that movie for like he was also Christopher Robin. That guy's got range. Man, Christopher Robin's such a good movie, too. But I, I just think like kind of back to uh, Space Force. I think that the studio or th- that they're limiting his character. And I'm hoping that if they get a second season, they let him kind of explore 
the character a little more. I, I think Space Force could get a second season, mainly because I think everything like if if it follows the same kind of like pattern and build as um, like Parks and Rec and The Office, because it is Greg Daniels that did it. Greg Daniels is going to get another shot on reputation alone. And I think when it comes to a Greg Daniels program, that's going to be um, kind of where he is so good. He knows how to make TV shows. He's been part of some of the biggest TV shows out there, right? So when you have a name like that behind it, you can take a second or third chance and be like, okay, maybe maybe I can pass. Like He did King of the Hill, Parks and Rec, The Office, Upload, and those are just some of his basic ones. Like he's worked on some other stuff as well. Um, actually, I haven't seen Upload yet. It's on uh, Amazon, I believe. He wrote for The Simpsons. He wrote for Saturday Night Live. So he he's got he's got the resume for sure, and there's some some great stuff there. Um, I'm I'm just hoping that this right now for Space Force is just some growing pains, and maybe and we I've- boiled in the past. Right, I think maybe people were expecting it right away to be uh, like another office. Can, can I put a, a an additional spin on it, or a thought that I've had recently, and I want to know what your take and is, and let the wind take it away. Yeah. So the reason I held off on this is because I wanted to. I didn't want to mention this to you until I talked to you, so I could get a live reaction. The show was released on May 29th. The literal first five minutes of the show, they have the guy making fun of POTUS, making fun of the fact that he's about to tweet any minute and they're making fun of the space force in which he's going to take the, the people around the table are like Steve Carell, Jane Lynch, John, or not John Malkovich, um, Patrick Warburton, uh, the guy from life of pieces. And there's another big guy too. I can't think of all their names right now. Um, what if, Unfortunately, like I know, I know life and time and society and everything has gone on. What if the release was also to spoof Donald Trump a little bit more and Trump didn't catch the attention of the show because he's been busy doing other things like that? That's just a what if I've been thinking of because they like actively rip on the president, much like um, Tim Allen's show does. Like they just rip on whoever's in office all the time. Um, what's that show called? I think it's called Outdoor. It's the Outdoor Manor. It's the one where he has three daughters. Yeah, yeah. Man of the House or something like that. Something like that. I I'm wondering if they were hoping to like banking on some attention from the president because negative attention from the president means automatic views. Yeah. Like the president talked about Tiger King. So. That's just a thought I had. Yeah, I could I could see them kind of banking on that a little bit because he is very vocal about things that he probably shouldn't even talk about, right? Um, this is a stupid show. Not funny. Didn't laugh once. POTUS is the best. Yeah, I think I think though they so they they talk about how yes he tweeted, you know, about making Space Force or something like that. Like they they pretty much took his tweet from that. But they don't rec- like mention him directly at all. So it could be, you know, just any fictional, you know, president of the United States. Um, 
I, I think they were probably banking on some sort of response from him, but just with, you know, the world situation at the time, you know, they, they didn't exactly get it because he's currently hiding in a bunker somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, but I don't think that would have made the show any more popular. You know, people were going to watch it anyways, because they, they advertise it heavily. Um, and it's a new show on Netflix. That's, that's not a documentary about a serial killer or, you know, about how the food we eat is all poisoned or something like that. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's something like it's a comedy. And that's, I think that's what people need right now is they need something to kind of distract them from the world outside and a laugh. And honestly, I think if the president, if Donald Trump did get a reaction or did, did react to it, it would have just been, yeah, it would have been funny. Right. But at the same time, it would be another negative thing that we need to pay attention to. Right. Cause he's going to be complaining and bitching about that. Yeah. So. No, I don't, I don't disagree. Some of the titles you have are like space Force shoots for the moon and misses space Force or can space force help Steve Carell escape the Steve Carell scream. Um, space force astonishingly bad show. And people were so excited for this show. But like even some of the actors they hired, like they hired Ben Schwartz, who just plays John Ralphio for a second time. Mm-hmm. That's all he's doing. It's that's another example. That guy is always going to be John Ralphio and nobody else. Um, from Parks and Rec, for those who don't know who John Ralphio is. Um, I'm hopeful that it does get picked up for longer. I just, I love Steve Carell so much. and I think it's a little bit biased, but I'm really hopeful that it works out for him and the show. And yeah, like, I mean, I can't complain about it too, too much. I've only seen the first episode. If it gets really bad, I'll let you know, but it can't be as bad as Iron Fist. And that show got three seasons for whatever reason. True. You know what I'm really excited to watch and I probably might watch uh, this weekend. It's a new one on Netflix, new movie with David Spade. Oh, uh, the wrong Missy. Yeah, the, the we haven't seen the David Spade movie in quite some time. That yeah, was- man, I love his ensemble comedies like him, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock. They're so funny together. It was the last time that he was in like a full, like popular, you know, like the- theatrical movie. I could see, I could see this one. Grown be- ups too. <laughs> yeah, like he's done other stuff, you know, throughout the year, but like TV movies and you know TV series and stuff like that, but nothing. Nothing uh, that was an actual, you know, theatrical type film. So, yeah. uh, and and the wrong Missy seems to be getting fairly decent reviews, kind of, not really. Mm-hmm. It well, a lot of people say it's really funny because it's less than uh, it's it's greater than people expected because people went in with low expectations, and I think that's what makes it yeah fun. And Nick Swardson's in it, and he's he's hilarious. So uh, yeah, I think that's probably going to, I'm going to watch that to wash the bad taste of space force out of my, my memory bank. While you're doing that, I'm probably going to be working on some movies that I just, I'm trying to catch up on. Um, I've got, I've got a few that are kind of sitting on the back burner, um, including Hobbs and Shaw, which have taken forever to go see. But um, like, Chris and I are thinking about doing the the remainder of the Star Wars trilogy over the next little bit because she wants to watch the final ones. So we took our break from like Star Wars and now we're, uh, well, yeah, the sequel, sequel. 
Yeah, so uh, skip it. Eight, nine, and ten, or seven, eight, nine. Just skip it. Just quit. So yeah, just 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 stop watching. Watch the Mandalorian, and there you go. I, I think she'll feel cheap cheapened out. No, you'll be doing her a favor. No, I'll, I'll be doing her justice. And plus, I haven't seen two of them, so I need to catch up too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, purposely. You poor soul. I know. I mean, what other movie with Adam Diver can I watch and actually enjoy? Logan Lucky. That movie was trash. There's so many other movies that he's in that are are pretty decent. But that one just ruined it for everybody. Yeah. Um. But that's it for us, guys. That was a that was a jam packed show full of games and a little bit of TV. And we're we're excited to be back and running for you. If you like what you hear, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, I believe, and Instagram and Facebook. We are all there. We'll oh, catch yeah, you later, guys. YouTube. Don't forget about Man. YouTube. And YouTube. <laughs> Everyone forgets about YouTube. Everybody say goodbye to David. <laughs> Bye.